Good morning. Today we're going to be talking about and looking at the influences in our lives. Now, before you begin to have flashbacks of your teenage years about talks that you had about the company you keep and the influences in your lives, I just want to take a moment and reassure you that that is exactly what we're going to be doing and talking about this morning. As followers of Christ, the company we keep matters. The reason it matters, regardless of our age, is because Christ called us to live like him. Our environment, the words that we allow into our heads and in our hearts, the things that we read and the situations that we're in ultimately affect us and they influence us. We often talk, sound, and even dress like people that we're around a lot. It's simple human nature. And this very thing caused a problem in my life a couple of weeks ago. I was at the beach with my mom and her friends, and from far away, I couldn't tell them apart. They all have the same haircut, which was covered in the exact same hats. I don't know if they got them on bulk. And so I looked even closer to try to figure out which one she was. Was she the cute little one in the maroon dress with the white stripes, or the one in the white dress with the maroon stripes? I couldn't tell. So I yelled, Mom, to try to get her attention, and they all turned around. It was too difficult, so I just gave up and texted her instead. And I'm sure you've seen it too. Have you ever noticed how some couples look so much alike, you're not sure if they're together or related? We may even have some of those in our congregation. We do. Some of you guys look so much alike that when I first started at PCNP, I had to ask if you were siblings. And I think that's fine. It's normal. You eat together, you shop for the same food, you shop together for clothes, you live together, and I think it's bound to happen. Now, whether or not you wear the exact same matching outfits or not is to be debated, but I digress. We humans inadvertently mimic each other. We mimic what we see on TV, we mimic what we read. Have you ever had the tone of a book that you're reading and change and dictate the tone of your day? Or we also mimic advertisements. Look at the fashion that we wear and how it changes from decade to decade. And I can assure you this. I would have never ever independently thought, yes, I'll wear a pair of shoes that has a stick as the heel. No, I would have never done that. Because high heels are incredibly uncomfortable and often not logical. But I wear them. I wear them because I too am influenced by my surroundings. I even mimic with my eating habits, do you? Have you ever been sitting there and you're watching TV and a, tea, uh, a food commercial comes on or a cooking show and you're not even hungry but you're like, must eat food and you run to the refrigerator? That happens to me a lot. It's completely natural to do that and we are directly affected by our surroundings. So we know how we are affected as humans. But how are we affected as Christian humans? How are we different? Are we different? I don't think we are. I think we're just human, and we're affected by our surroundings just like everyone else. Being a Christian does not give us a superhuman ability that allows us to pass through life without being affected by what's around us. So what do we Christian humans do? Christ laid it out for us. In John 13, 15, he tells us what to do. And I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version. In it, Jesus says, For I have given you an example 
that you also should do as I have done to you. He says it, for I have given you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Jesus told us to be like him, to essentially be in the likeness of Christ. Okay, how do we mere humans do that? How can I, a simple, sinful, flawed, weird, non-Christ person, be and look like Christ? How do I do that? Well, the first thing is, I must be in the word. I must be deeply rooted in biblical understanding in order to mimic Christ. I have to know what I'm mimicking, right? I have to know what to look like. I have to be surrounded by Christ and to begin to look like him. For that, he gave us the word of God, the Bible. When we mimic Christ, when we are spending so much time with him and in his word, we begin to look like him. We begin to act like him, and when we're around others, they'll see him. When we begin to speak like him, and we'll begin to think like him, and the fruits of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, will begin to pour out of us and become a part of our new DNA, our Christ-like DNA. And that is what being filled with the fruit of the Spirit is. It's being Christ-like. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, again, I'll be reading from the... Um, from the English Standard Version, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 tell us. All scripture, all scripture, is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent and equipped for every good work. I want to read that one more time. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching. It's to teach us for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness in becoming Christ-like. And that the man of God may be competent and equipped for every good work. It tells us what to do right here in the holy words of God. What Timothy is telling us is that scripture is from God, and it's to be used to teach us, to correct us, to train us for righteousness so that we become competent and equipped for life as a Christian, for a Christ-like life, a life that mirrors God. We are to mimic what the word tells us, and we must use the word every day. We must be in the Bible daily. I don't know about you, but that hasn't always been easy for me. That might not be easy, be easy for you right now. There have been times in my life that I read the Bible daily. Those are times of real growth in my life, times that I am learning so much about God and learning how to be Christ-like in the word, world that is so far from being Christ-like, times that I'm just growing in the Bible daily and, and learning and learning and learning. But unfortunately, there have been times in my life that my humanness get in, gets in the way and I'm not in the word daily or at all. 
that I neglect to spend time with God, that my Bible literally has gotten dusty from lack of use. Those are the times that I become weak, that I see less love, less joy, less peace, less patience, less kindness, less goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and less self-control in my life. Those times that I doubt, to, that I doubt start to set in during periods of time when I'm not reading the Bible. That I see a lot more of me and my actions and a lot less of Christ. So if, the re if reading the Bible daily has been difficult for you as it has been for me in the past, as a congregation, we'll be reading through the New Testament this fall and you'll be hearing about that soon. Individually and as a community, it's important that we lean into God's truth, which is his word, to know that he has what he has said and to ultimately look like him and live in his likeness. Jesus called us to do that. He called us to spend time with him through his word. And just as spending time with others affects our speech, our outward appearance, and our actions, spending time with the word, with the Lord through the word does the same thing. Spending time with the Lord does the same thing. When we're connected to God's perfect truth by reading his word, we are ultimately be going to become like him. We will naturally mimic Christ. We read that he called us to live like he did in John 13, 15. But let's go back a couple of verses. Go with me to uh, John chapter 13. Verse 12 says, when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. But if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is no greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. For you know these things. Blessed are you if you do them. Blessed are you if you do them. Serving others and having that deep desire to bless others is part of becoming like Christ. I encourage you to, to continue to seek ways to serve. Ask the Lord to reveal ways he can use you. Use the quiet time that you are going to be spending with him, that you already spend with him, to seek guidance and ask for ser what service plans he has for you. For some of us, that might be continuing to serve the needs of, uh, the needs of our extended family or by volunteering to teach our children and our youth here in our church or through local and international missions. It might look different for each and every one of us, but pursuing a Christ-like life inherently means to live a life of service. As we serve God, we thankfully draw closer to him. It's pretty amazing. Along with serving others and being in the word, another way our lives are refined is to be in fellowship with other believers. Fellowship is a very Christian-y word, and it simply means hanging out with other Christians. That's all it means. Studying the word with them and encouraging each other. 
That's it. The influences that we talked about earlier, the endless noise that is our world today, can be clarified by being in fellowship with other believers. God gave us that gift. He gave us a gift of each other. And Proverbs 27:17 tells us, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. It really truly is a gift from God. God gave us each other to encourage one another in our walks with him. If you're surrounded by godly men and women who are leading you and are leading and you're leading them to a closer life with Christ, great. Are you yourself gravitating towards friendships that draw you into a deeper relationship with Christ? Are your relationships with your loved ones making you more Christ-like? Do you yourself reflect Christ? Those are questions that I have to ask myself all the time. Are you surrounding yourself with those who do? Now, I want to be clear. We are not, we as Christians, are not to barricade ourselves in Christian friendship only. We are supposed to be in this world. He put us here for a reason. But Psalm 1, which Jeff had us read last week, says to us, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way of the sinner, or sit in the seat of the mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. That was one of my favorite verses when I was younger. I haven't always listened to it, but I liked it. And I liked what the psalmist was saying, and I thought it was just really good advice. What the psalmist is saying is, don't hang with wicked people. Don't let them influence you. Don't let their negativity into your world. We are, after all, mere humans who can be influenced. But rather, tether ourselves to those who bear fruit. What about your friends who are online? We can think about who we hang out with daily, but what about the people who influence us online? You know, when I'm eating healthy, and, when I, and I do say when, I'm very concerned about what I'm putting in my body. Does it have chemicals? How many grams of proteins does, protein does it have? Does it have fiber? I'm obsessed with fiber. But I recently discovered that I'm not as selective when it comes to what I am seeing in, through my eyes on social media. I mean, those political rants on Facebook that are filled with nonsense and never seem to end, how many brain calories are in those? How am I influenced by what I allow myself to see on social media? Am I scrolling through my Facebook feed thinking, oh, that was pleasant? That's beneficial to this world? Not always. My Facebook feed is often littered with negativity and posts that cause me frustration and honestly just cause me to judge. I allow myself to judge. I mean, I'll look at somebody and I'm like, you were so normal in high school, what happened to you? And then I have to repent for judging. Facebook does that to me. Let's ask ourselves, and let's ask ourselves often, Am I influencing my surroundings and my people in a Christ-like manner? In, is grace pouring out of me? And I would say, is grace pouring out of us through our, the internet? Are we using social media to show grace? 
Am I mimicking Christ when I'm speaking into my family, my friends at work? I have to ask myself, am I still mimicking Christ when I'm frustrated and on the phone with a customer service representative who I am certain has been trained in torture techniques? Am I surrounding myself with others who are encouraging me and allowing me to encourage them? In the book, The Pursuit of God, A.W. Tozer writes, has it ever occurred to you that 100 pianos all tuned to the same fork are, automatic, are automatically tuned to each other? They are of one accord by being tuned, not to one another, but to another standard to which one must individually bow. I think that that's how we are as Christians. Are we tuned into the word of God together? I often get asked questions about what is right and what is wrong. What is a sin and what isn't? Do I think this is okay or is that okay? And I just don't think God is a cosmic cop who is sitting up there waiting to give us tickets of sin. I don't think that's how it works. Life isn't lived, isn't supposed to be lived as on a tightrope of wrongs and rights. And don't get me wrong, God very clearly called us to live a life of purity a pure life, which means how we use our lives, our mouths, our bodies, is important to him. We are called to live in his likeness. Jesus called us to live like him, in his likeness, to live a life that clearly reflects him. We're called to live a life of service to God. We are called to use our mouths to enact justice, to care for others, and to encourage it's not about walking a tightrope, but when we spend time with the Lord, when we are in his word, when we are in fellowship with other believers, when we serve him together, the fruit of the spirit will show and it will become less about the do's and don'ts and more about being like Christ. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for each and every one of us in this room. I thank you that you have saved us through your grace. And I thank you that you have given us a very clear call for our lives. I thank you for giving us your word. And I thank you for the clarity that is in that. I thank you that through your words and through the lives of the Apostles, you showed us how to be more like you. I pray that you would be with each and every one of us individually and as a community, that we may draw closer to you, that we may begin to know you even more and in a deeper way, and that you would use us each individually, use us in our homes, in our schools, in our workplaces. And Father, I pray that you would continue to use us as a community. I thank you that you gave us a place to gather this morning and worship you safely. And I pray that as we all go home today, that you would show each and every one of us how to draw closer to you. I thank you for your amazing love and your compassion and the grace that you have given us. In your name I pray. Amen.